Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. <laughs> I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Hey, everyone. Hey, um, I want to say welcome to the year 2022. Yeah. We're in a new year. How great is that? Party, party. I mean, I, I will say this. Um, you know, I think everyone kind of remembers the first couple of days of uh, 2021, and that was a bit of a, uh, I'm trying to find a word that's appropriate. It wasn't a great scene, specifically the January 6th, but uh, no, yeah, we're here in 2022. Welcome, everybody. I hope you had a great new year and Not happy holidays. Not only are we in 2022, we are starting the fourth season of Dad's Daughters and Dollars. We started this sometime in second week or so of July of 2020. I'll go back and find the yeah, exact date. Yeah, wow, dates. it's been over. Wow. So it's been like 18 months. And Had you told me then, when you were like just talking about this idea, that we would be... Still doing it. Still doing it, yeah. Still doing it. And... We're about Excuse to record me. our 66th episode. Yeah, well, because we had a couple of best ofs that we had you guys listen Which to Which took there. us into the holidays because we were both extremely busy going into the holidays, not necessarily buying presents, but actually working. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely the schedule has been super busy. But um, we're so happy you're here with us. And welcome back to our fourth season. Yeah. All right. So today I kind of wanted to do a little bit of an update uh kind of a catch-all episode because a lot of things have been happening personally in my life. Great. Um, So something is wrong with my throat. You'd think after four seasons I'd have this under control, but I guess not. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the expenses I've incurred lately, and I wanted to know what you thought about them. Okay. And we discussed this a little bit earlier, just in preface of the show, just before we started recording, but I... I'm trying to calm myself down essentially. And I wanted to ask you what you thought or what you do. So basically lately, um, or or about two weeks ago, I had to take my car in. It was at about 51,000 miles. So as a lot of you know, who have cars, uh, you got to go in for a 50,000 mile checkup. I think that's pretty standard on all cars. And I knew it was going to be a pretty big expense. And I wasn't really prepared for how big it was going to be. And me, you know, I'm still learning to pay off my credit card. I'm still learning to make sure, okay, wait, that's checked, that's checked. I mean, I just for context, I, I have two credit cards I pay off, one that's business and one that's personal. And it used to really just be one because that was business. And, uh, you know, when I see both reach past, oh, maybe it's a credit card bill that's over $1,000. When I see that, my... I. I I go like, oh my gosh, can I afford that? Can I afford that? And then I've checked, I paid them off two weeks ago, the ones that are most recently due. And I checked both tonight because I went, wait, we're positive that they're going to get them. It's fine Uh, because it makes me so nervous. So my one question for you is when you have big expenses or when you were younger and you incurred big expenses that were maybe unexpected or even were expected, but you didn't know how much they would be because that always depends for, right. you know, mileage for cars. There are expenses that we expect. We just never know how much they're going to be. What do you do emotionally to keep yourself in check to not freak out? Because I, I feel like a lot of, you know, money management 
is also emotional management and it's, not it, freaking it, it's out. It's 100% about controlling your emotions. And do can I say that I didn't freak out? No, I can't. I don't remember specifically, but I did know that working in a freelance world, which you do, when a big expense comes, it has a bigger emotional impact if you're like, well, I make $60,000 a year, so I know a check's coming next week, so this will get paid, so no big deal. I think you become a little bit more cautious because as a freelancer, you don't know where your next money's coming from. Yeah, so I guess so that's... you'll be not only more emotional when you get the bill, but you're even more emotional trying to spend the bill, the money the first time because I know you said your checkup was something like $600 for your car and you're like yeah. wow i i usually spend 100 140 and max 600. it's like it's normally like 130 is maybe what i'm right spending. so you go 600 this doesn't compute because i'm not used to that and prior to this you know we were kind of paying your car bills so the, it is a sticker shock for two reasons because it is much higher than you're used to but it was needed and two in a freelance world you don't know where that next check is if you're working for target and you're a manager of target you know where your next check is coming from yeah i mean i will say this that i you know i'm someone who especially this is honestly another whole topic in itself that cars are going so fast i want to keep mine in good condition i plan on keeping mine for a while i mean a little side story here but Two times before my actual appointment and then another three times, I think it, it felt like that many times after my appointment, my car appointment, people were calling me from Toyota saying, hi, do you want to sell your car? Do you want to sell your car? Do you want to sell your car? Because cars are flying off the shelf now, especially used, used cars. cars. Yeah. Um, and that's just because they're in such high demand right now. And it's actually funny because I have a friend who she runs a business of her own. She requires a lot of vans just for moving the products that they sell and that they hand deliver to their customers. And two of her cars suddenly, or three of her different cars all had different issues. Like one had an accident, one, uh, the back windshield just shattered over everything. And then the other, like it wasn't starting. Like you couldn't put it from reverse to drive or from park to drive. Like the, I guess the shift wasn't working and three separate cars. And these are big vans. And so she's looking to buy some and they're significantly more expensive than they were last year. And she bought them used, but which is significantly less than if you bought them cheaper or new, right? I think new one of the vans that she needs is like, you know, maybe 60 grand, which is, I mean, right. just incredible, an incredible business cost that I don't know how, um, I can't even really imagine that number for one purchase at this point in my life yet. But the point is, I'm trying to keep my car in good health. I'm sure there's plenty of listeners out there who are as well. So I was, I, I feel a little bit better knowing that me doing that will will keep its longevity. But it it's still just, I see that number and I just go, oh boy. Well, the other half of the story that you haven't told everybody is that when you are freelance... And you do get that sort of sticker shock of like, oh, I got to spend $600 for this checkup. You were smart enough and you got a deal that's going to cover you through your next four. I, yeah. So tune-ups. I'll say this. So I have a really great guy at my dealership who is the person that sees my Handles car. Handles your maintenance. And it handled my maintenance. Yeah. 
And I, he's given me his personal cell a couple of times now. I think I have three of his business cards because he gives them to me every single time I come. And he, whatchamacallit, he, um, he said, look, if you pay this one price now, this includes this today's, today's servicing. That's just the, you know, every single 5,000 miles, it requires this, which for context, for anyone who's maybe my age, who is trying to get their bearing straight when they take in their car and they don't want to be, for lack of a better word, uh, I don't want to say the word I want to say, uh, gets mauled over, gets... Uh, yeah, you get taken. Yeah, you get taken advantage of, I guess, because maybe you don't know exactly what your car really does need. But at my dealership, at least for my car, for my Prius, it requires rotating the tires, checking the oil filter, uh, air filter, air filter, and then checking the brakes. I think those are like the four things and maybe one other thing or yeah, whatever it is. Those are the four. I'm pretty sure I remember. And, uh, I, that's at minimum at this dealership, you know, let's say that's $60. I don't fully remember the cost. Maybe it's a hundred. And so he gave me my next four checkups for way less than $400. And then he also gave me, I, I for my 50,000 mile checkup, it wasn't just the basic 5,000 that I needed. Yeah, I needed $500 or something. I, I needed a lot more done on my car for the 50,000 mile checkup. And, you know, one cost was 200, another cost was another 170. So altogether, it was really expensive. But when you added up the value of everything, it was like over $1,200 worth of services, at least at this dealership. I don't know if this dealership charges more. I really don't know, but it's the one that's closest right. to our house. And we've gone to it ever since I Yeah, can we've remember. taken all our Priuses there. Yeah. Well, did we take... This is also a, a sidetrack. Did we take the... We, we haven't always had Priuses. The cars before the Priuses, were they also we, taken to the Keys dealerships? Uh, yeah, the ones that we got from there, but I don't think we got our Honda from Keys. Gotcha. But um, anyways, so the point is, is I, it was about $1,200 worth of services at this dealership at my maintenance center, my service center, and I got it out the door for 600 So part of me, and that includes my next four checkups because I bought five in total. So one was used for that day and four will be used for in the future. So I have my next 20,000 miles covered in checkups. So that's a great deal. They also apply to anywhere. Let's say I need to get my car checked up and, um, or maintenance and serviced, but I'm working in Phoenix, Arizona for two weeks and I maybe have one day off and I can do it. I can service it in Phoenix, Arizona, or, you know, hopefully, at least I think, I'm pretty sure he said it's any Toyota, you know, service center dealership. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was personally a good deal. So I didn't feel like I initially saw the number, but then I went, no, you're doing, you're doing good. You know, I trust the person who I work with, but yeah, it does, it does make sense. It just still (laughs) had me nervous, which I'll say this too. I don't know how many of our listeners are in the freelance world. Uh, we certainly have a lot of friends and family who I feel like are, you know, in our area and therefore are maybe a little bit more freelance, but I think I just have to get used to the freelance life and the mindset that we kind of have to have versus like, Oh yeah, I know that check's coming in. Like I was telling my, um, my boyfriend about it today about 
just trying to get checks paid on time because yeah, that's when you send an invoice when you have- send in an invoice you know i had <laughs> i had something i worked for someone on october 20th and it is now 2022 and you still haven't been paid and well no i just i'm getting paid tomorrow wow um so well actually in the grand scheme of things it's about 2 months but it's two months for a gig that was yeah, a couple, couple hundred bucks. And in the real world, if you were not freelance, in general, the way the real world works, if you work Monday through Friday, you're supposed to be paid by the next Thursday. Right, yeah, which that's something I I think I generally knew because when I was at, for, for context, I was at the student newspaper before I graduated and we did get paid if we had certain positions or actually, you know what? No, everyone got paid no matter my level at the student newspaper, we did get paid, which a lot of student newsrooms across the country don't actually have that fortune. So we, Michigan daily was very fortunate, but I was at a higher position for a year and I kind of expected, okay, yeah, I'm making this much per month. And that was a check I always expected every single month. It wasn't much, but certainly enough that I I saved up all of it. And I spent it on a camera. <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, no, it's good. And I still use it. But uh, it's definitely not one of my main sports cameras anymore. But uh, the point is, is that mindset is something I I just, I need to get used to. And I've said that three times now. So sorry for being but a broken no, record, I, th- but. I think you're doing a great job of it. But one of the things you learn from it is that when you do go in and you are going to have some sticker shock, one of the things you can always ask because if you have that check that's coming in for the next 52 weeks, you might not ask this question. But as a freelancer, you realize I have to really control what goes in, comes in and what goes out. And sometimes I don't get paid for two months. You can always ask this question. Is that the best you can do? Meaning like, is there a better deal than that? And sometimes they'll say no. But there's plenty of times they will, and maybe because you're a young person and starting out, and they're hoping to keep your business for the next 20 years, they go, yeah, sure. See, and I'll say, it's exactly why I think I got this deal, was because my guy, his name is Sam, he lays it out for me really easily. I love the way he illustrates exactly what I need. And he tells me, it's not like, your car needs this, and then that's it. He'll say, your car needs this, this is why it needs this. Sometimes this part right. of the car gets clogged up, right. whatever, and it, it all checks out. Right. Um, the other thing that is completely random, I don't know what else you had to say about no, uh, I, the topic. I, I bottom line think you're handling the freelance world beautifully about what comes in and what goes out. And this was your first big sticker shock, I think. Yeah, it, it, was, it was one of them because a lot of my business expenses are, oh, maybe it's like $90 or... I paid $20 for parking and you do that four times and oh, okay. So now it's $80 for, it's not anything that's like really scary. I'm, I'm definitely making <laughs> not to brag here, but I'm definitely making more than $80 a month. <laughs> wow. Um, I know it's crazy. Um, but, uh, speaking of money things, uh, cause that is this podcast. We're going to take this time right now to take a short break. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that. And um, the other topic I wanted to talk about today was actually kind of an update on what I think about Mint, because uh, I did download yes. it. Excellent. And I think we had a slight update, like maybe 
before we we kind of took the break at the end of season three I think I did kind of explain a little bit what I think about it and I've been setting I just recently set a goal on mint and then unfortunately I did I did break it that same day but it's also because uh present times yeah you know present times and also uh I don't know in what context you meant that, but literally because of the holidays. No, but presents for other people. It wasn't like, hey, I treated myself 20 times. You were actually getting gifts for other people, and that's a very kind thing. Yeah, but so the one thing I'll say now that I've had it mint for a little bit longer, and you know, I think this can kind of apply for anyone who has income that's coming in that always changes, or even any kind of income, because obviously spending changes too. Maybe one month you buy detergent and the next month you don't. And you have 50 different expenses that are like that, that are yes, one month, no, the other month. And it kind of adds up. So I really like that within this little spending part of the chart, I guess they have, along with my credit score, which is very high. I'm very proud of myself. So Um, can I ask, do, do they actually link to something to get your credit? Yeah, so when I first downloaded the app, they prompt you to get your uh, credit score. And it's like you get one free one when you first download the app. And you might get one free one every year with the app. I'm not sure. Which honestly doesn't surprise me because I feel like every other day I'm hearing about, you know, I'm hearing some commercial that is check your credit score on experian.com now. Check your at freecreditreport.com. There's like so many different places applications and companies that desperately want you to check your credit score they're like like most recently i just saw an ad that featured john cena and like a cow and i think that might have been Experian. and they're on a roller coaster yes and then the roller coaster gets stuck upside down why i don't know they're like oh gosh what do we do now and john cena's like you can check your credit score excuse me what if anyone is stuck upside down why are you gonna pull out your phone your phone's about to drop sir you're you're literally just asking for it to shatter on the floor but no matter john i'd I'd worry about the blood that's rushing to your head right now i mean the point is is that he was next to a cow so like does it make sense no but they're trying to advertise credit scores and the fact that we're talking about it now is probably more than they were ever expecting so for the people who are listening i'm sorry i'm talking about this because maybe you've seen it too but the point is is there's so many companies that when mint offered me the chance to just you know connect my credit score here i wasn't really surprised but i was pleasantly happy that it's something i can always look at now but so now that i've had the app for a couple more months that was the point i was wanted to get to i can see how much more money i have now than when i did last month and this is actually i'm just checking this now it's uh, a lot higher than I was expecting. And granted, that's because I think, uh, you know, I'm lucky in that I'm not spending too much. Like, you know, I'm very fortunate that you guys are paying things like insurance, specifically auto and health. Those, I think when those, I have to start paying those, it's like, oh boy, I don't know. I've also been very fortunate that since moving out and, you know, getting my own place that income has been pretty good. Granted, sometimes in the freelance world, it takes two months to come in, but no matter. Um, I, you know, you guys have given me a couple of gift cards to Trader Joe's and Ralph's here and there, which let me tell you, a girl eats. And so they disappear pretty quickly or like, oh, I needed to buy a conditioner today. So there goes $13 out of the $50 gift card. (laughs) But um, 
but yeah, so it's it's nice seeing the number go up on Mint is basically the gist but of But have everything. you been happy with the app? Is it like putting things into buckets that like are easy to read? It is, although I'll say the one thing is that I added my business credit card and so technically it's saying I have less cash than I do because my business credit card uh, is paid off not by money that... Uh, is the coming app from knows your about. personal account, yeah. It, yeah, it's coming from my uh, my business account. And my business account that is a form of income, that's my main form of income, uh, does not come through here. So it's basically saying I'm making less because it thinks I'm spending more than I actually am because Caitlin, as me, the person, is not paying off one of those credit cards. And, you know, at minimum for context, because I don't necessarily mind sharing this information. My business credit card is anywhere from like, you know, maybe 200 minimum just because of the basic services I need to pay for every month as a photographer. Like, you know, for context, and we, it's funny because we were talking about this the other day. Photoshop is something I use pretty much every day for my job as a photographer and an editor. And that along with the entire creative Adobe suite is normally $53 a month, Right. which granted that's my livelihood. So yeah, I got to use them. I need to keep them updated. Unfortunately, you can't buy those programs outright and Adobe just chooses to shark on an already very hard (laughs) uh, industry, but no matter. I begged them during the pandemic and I said, look, can you please lower this? I don't think I can continue using your services if you're going to charge me $53 a month, especially when I don't use all these services because Adobe, you think of Adobe Photoshop, maybe Adobe InDesign if you're in that route, or maybe, uh, what is it? Premiere Pro is not Adobe. Adobe Effects, Adobe, there's one that's After for After Effects or something. Yeah, but I think that's that's not the movie one. But anyways. What'd they say? They did. They lowered it to 30 a month, which is great. But so that adds towards my bill every month. And can I ask you real quick, would you have asked that question to lower it? Is that the best you can do if you weren't freelance? No. So the reason <laughs> the reason why I lowered it is because my really good friend in Houston, she told me she what she was paying. And I said, uh, excuse me, what? She was like, yeah, I just asked them. And then one of my other friends, uh, great guy. He's not in the same area I'm in, but he posted on, I'm a part of a million different Facebook and specifically sports photography, Facebook groups. And he posted on one of them and said, yeah, Adobe's doing this really great thing because of the pandemic and for creatives that are hurting or, you know, can't get a lot of work because for COVID you're not really going to get a lot of photographers in one area because they didn't want anyone to be close. And photographers to do their job need to be on site for the most part. I mean, I did see one photographer do a photo shoot through a phone, but you're only going to do that so many times. And that was because COVID kind of brought us to very sad and lonely places. But the, the point is, I he posted about, hey, they're offering creatives. You can ask them for less, less and they'll do it. And so I think I got a year at $30. So I don't know when they're going to change that. I'll probably beg them again and see what they do. Cause they're making plenty of money. I see their ads all the time with Billie Eilish about, 
like make what you want and she's i mean it was this huge production right and obviously it took a lot to book her as well and to make her an official uh spokesperson spokesperson for adobe uh i'm sure she doesn't charge nothing um but so th- but think about what you did when you negotiated you said i do not use all your services can't you do better and they did. Well, it was and more. You should be able to ask that question the rest of your life. It. I didn't phrase it in that way, but I do like your phrasing more because I feel like with the phrase, you know, can you do any better feels it, it, those words. I, I can't explain it, but it feels like that gives me more power, even though I'm asking for something. I'm the one who's in a position that they could just say no. And then I'd be forced to pay. But the same thing, how Sam helped you at the dealership. And gave you a good deal. Yes. He says, I see a 24-year-old girl, and I'm going to maybe keep her as a client for 50-plus yeah, years. Yeah, I will say that every single time I walk into that dealership, I hate how I feel because clearly everyone knows that I'm young, even though it's, you know, I don't know if it's my mannerisms, whatever. It'll take time for, yeah, to me, for slowly look like a 42-year-old woman. Uh, that'll take time. But, no, you're you're basically saying you don't have confidence about talking about cars yet because you don't you're not a mechanic. Well, I think it's just all women walking into dealerships are never. Is I'm not going to talk about another commercial, but there was one it was for this company called Vroom, which is basically I think a competitor for Carvana, the place that'll just you know you do the deal on an app and then they show up with the car. But that was basically surrounded by the fact that. A lot of dealerships, or if you're going into a dealership to try and buy a car, you know, everyone... They're going to try and might, take advantage of people. Well, no, no, no. If you're going in there with your, your husband, but it's your car and you want to make the deal, they're going to talk to your husband before they talk to you. It's just an unfortunate thing that I think is still um, commonplace. But, you know, I don't know yet because I haven't experienced that. But I will say that the looks I get when I pull up to the dealership are like, oh, ma'am, have you been helped yet? Or, you know, all things that are nice. There's not one instance I can say, but it's just a feeling. Think of this. When you say, can you do any better? That is not saying, I'm walking away if you don't. It's just asking, can you, I'm asking a friendly question. Can you do any better? I guarantee you, when they give you $30 a month, they're still making a profit. Oh, for sure. Right. So at 53, they say, you know, at 53, they're like, oh, that's a better profit because some people don't have the nerve to say, can you do better? Well, but because they still, uh, they still, sorry, I lost my train of thought. They still are making plenty because they offer select apps and they offer student deals as well. I think in right. college, I was paying about $10 a month for everything Adobe. Right. The Maybe it was suite. 20 I think I think it was 10 for the entire suite. But then right. that deal didn't last too long. And then when they found out I wasn't a student right. anymore. I get it. But I mean, one of the things you've learned about being a freelancer is there is sticker shock, which is very emotional. But at the same time, if you just ask, can you do any better? Is that the best you have? I think I told you this once. I had a friend who wanted to go away to a uh, hotel up. Uh, north and we're here in California. And he said to the person, he called like three different hotels. He's willing to go to any of the three, but he wanted to see if he could get a good deal. And he said to the person at the desk who answered at this, you know, hotel chain, give me a reason to get in my car. Meaning like if you're charging 180 a night, 
would you give it to me for 120? I'll get in my car. Because he knows you can call other hotels. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So, but I mean, I think you, I think you're handling the freelance world beautifully. I think you are going to have these sticker shock moments, but I think the advantage you have over somebody who's working 50 weeks a year or whatever, you know, and they have vacation time is that you learn to save a little bit better just as a form of survival. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. you sort of protect yourself because you're like, you don't know where the next check is coming. And then when the 600 comes, you're like, wait, I had so much of my savings. Now it's, it's dipped down and I don't know where my next job is coming from. So that when the jobs are very busy, if you're spending at a normal clip, your groceries or whatever other net needed expenses, then you're handling it really well. The one thing, the last thing I'll add is it's funny you mentioned that because or just like protecting what goes out and and just protecting yourself in general. The last time I went shopping and especially holiday shopping, I kept picking up things and then I immediately talk myself out of it in the span of two minutes and I put it back down, which is not good to admit in the span of COVID, but hand sanitizer is my friend. I use it all the time and I use it after as well. So it was fine. Um, but even at the grocery store, sometimes I do that or, but that's probably a reaction just at target. To, that might be a reaction to like having your mint app and seeing what, what's coming in and what's going out and like, do I really need it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's uh, a good thing. I mean, mint is sort of saying, Hey, if you need to spend, you got plenty here, but if you don't have plenty here this month, maybe you don't need that. I'll definitely say that I think I need to see more as time goes on. And I also need to set more goals. Like they, they have the option to, oh, set a goal for your personal spending, set a goal for your groceries, set a goal. And I right. haven't really set those goals yet to keep me in line. And it's also because I don't, I mean, to be honest, it's sad to say, but I generally don't know how much I'm spending on et cetera, et cetera per month on all of these certain categories. Also, because men doesn't, you know, they can immediately see a transaction and just put it in its own category and that's not the right category. Like I had to specifically tell it, oh yeah, when this check is for this amount and it goes to this thing, that's actually my rent. That's not a uh, personal spending. Right. <laughs> um, just because I had to Got it. identify those. So I think- with more time later on in 2022, in addition to uh, just me setting those goals, I think I'll really be able to use the app to its full capability and also explain more about it here. So, right. um, so that that's our episode today. It was a catch-up episode. But I really, really want to thank my daughter. <laughs> For one, you know, when we started this, we didn't know what it would become. And we're now recording our 66th episode and starting our fourth season. We average 20 episodes a season. Then we do a few little best ofs. But you have learned so much in these 18 months. Your questions are so intelligent. The ideas that you've had for shows have been so intelligent. I'm just overly impressed. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. I'm so glad that we have listeners in 15 countries. It just... It, this has gone much better than I could have ever expected. And it's because you agreed to do this. And I'm, I'm thrilled that you're on the journey. Yes, I'm happy I'm on the journey as well, especially because I think when, you know, we did an episode on how to buy a house, we did an episode on how to buy a car. I think eventually 
I, I don't think I'll ever forget the car one because your, your idea for it is just brilliant. And I think it still applies. Everyone's going to have an email in 10 years when I need a new car. Well, I'll and, probably need a new car in 10 and, years. And the brand new car that we just bought, I'd use that same technique. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I have issues with the new car, but that's a new episode for when we call BBB about that car. But it's that's a fun cliffhanger for you. Um, no, but the thing I was going to say is uh, I'll definitely be re-listening to these episodes throughout the rest of my life. Solely because I think, you know, when I'm 40, even though I feel really solid in where I am, like with retirement, but you know, even when I want to buy a house, like I'm definitely going to need to re-listen to these episodes or, oh, like when I want a loan, like what can I do to get a loan? Oh right. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. And, and then the one thing I'll say to celebrate too, that I didn't know when we would get to this point is now we have some ads in some episodes, which is really exciting too. So we'll it's actually- great. It's great. Um, we haven't talked. This is something I do want to talk about, but I want to collect my thoughts and not just word vomit to all of you. But passive income is wildly incredible. And we've talked about it in the form of retirement and and the, the market making money for you because it can make it faster than you can, yes. I think, is, is, a, is a solid Absolutely. thing to say. But other forms of passive income are things I am became wildly obsessed about over the pandemic because me becoming adult was a bit terrifying. And I was like, okay, well, how can I make as much as efficiently as possible? That was my key was efficiency. Right. And um, I have like, you know, one side hustle and it makes me money during holiday season, funny enough, but um, and this not is, Well, the too podcast much. is sort of a side hustle. And that's and what a, I was going to say is now- one. We're, you have investments in the stock market. So you sort of have three passive things. Well, the thing I was going to say was that we're doing a show about money and now we might actually be making some money off the show about money. money. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And, you know, maybe at the start of season five, we tell you guys how much money we made off of uh, all of our ads on this podcast. But um, thank you for listening still because you're all a part of that. And um, I think the last time I checked, it was... We're at two cents now because we just started adding some ads. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Maybe the next time we talk to you guys, it'll be four cents. Well, oh, maybe my. you can call back Adobe and say, I have two cents. Yeah, maybe I can. I'll Thanks so much, Adobe. Here's all my money. No, but um, thank you guys so much again for listening. And we will see you on the next one of season four. Thank you for subscribing. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.